Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue our director spotlight for one martin scorsese today we discuss our second and a slew of six films in anticipation of killers of the flower moon next up we have after hours released on october 11th 1985 it was written by joseph minion and directed by martin scorsese uh, and what a what a flick this is! I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up? What up? Um, I think it's a pleasure to be here today. I think I am here today. I don't you know if here. I'm awake or not, but I think I'm here. But it's always a, a pleasure to be here. Obviously. A delirious, a delirious yeah. experience after hours. So this was my second viewing of this film. I watched it for the first time earlier this year. Mm. And when I watched it, I was like, well, when we get to Martin Scorsese, this is going to have to be one we discuss. This was a first viewing for you, correct? Yeah, it was only. Well, I got my one. I watched it at like I think I started it at like one thirty in the morning, probably Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit before that. But it was definitely the perfect time to watch this movie for the first time. I had no idea. I had zero clue. Of what this movie was at all, and uh, there's just, no way to explain it either. I just went in completely blind, and and then so I watched it, and you know I fell asleep around I don't know four or five a.m. probably right. around. Um, woke back up, and and then I'm like, man, I kind of gotta, I gotta see, I gotta, I just gotta. I didn't have any like my favorites down. I had some of them. Some of them are pretty clear. Mm. Um, but then I was like, man. What scene do I pick? So I was just going through the movie and like just trying to watch some scenes and see which one was my favorite. And then I ended up watching like 40 minutes of the movie and I'm like, oh shit. Wow. I'm just like, it just like encapsulates watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, it really just like, it's, it's a crazy movie. Like it is, it is a fever dream. Like it is, but it's, I don't know. Cause it's more of like a, just, Everything that can go wrong is gonna go wrong in this dream. Mm. Like it's an ang- just an anxiety dream to the max. Mm. Um, this and... I, like this is a ma- this is a hell. This is a hellish evening for oh for someone. You know. Um, oh my god! Is this like New York? Is this for yes. real? You yes. know. I mean, okay. I... I mean, probably not in this order. That this has happened to someone in one night, maybe. Oh. I don't. I don't actually put it by New York uh, for this to actually happen in one night. But like the crazy thing is that like how much of of the the stories connect to one another. Just like oh yeah, and it's just like your dreams do. Like you'll see someone at the beginning of your dream, completely un- un- unrelated to another 
scene, whatever you want to call it. Right. And then right. they somehow link Emerge. up. And then it's like, yeah, what the fuck? So it's like, I don't know. There are a lot of, like, just really weird. I don't, like, the the girl that had, like, that worked at the bar that had the beehive. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was, like, sketching him the whole time. Like, yeah. while he was over there, she, like, just was already sketching him. Like, just, I don't know, just drawing this. And then, like, on her walls, there's, like, other sketches of other dudes. And and then later on, she's the one that's putting up the posters, like the wanted posters, and like and yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it's like, did she already know that this dude, you know, like was was the guy or like suspect that the mob suspected? You know, is she in on the mob or like in this ice cream mob? It's crazy yeah. to talk about this movie. It doesn't yeah. even sound real. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's literally. Some of the like, I, I was just blown away, but I, yeah. I couldn't look away the whole time. Like, no, I, it's like, a, uh, it's an electric movie. It mm-hmm. and uh, there's this kinetic energy it has that it kind of it gets you with immediately. You get through these opening credits, and then you get this very quick shot where it scans all the way across an office as fast as it can and zooms mm-hmm. in on Paul Hackett, played by Griffin Dunn here, and. That kind of like immediately, even if you don't really acknowledge that camera movement, it gets you, it gives you an idea subconsciously of what you're about to get into. This just mm. n- moving, moving, moving. We're never stopping in this one. Yeah. This man, what a, what a fucking night he had. Um, oh my God. I mean, like it couldn't have gone worse. I mean, there was, and, and the thing is, is that like there's some weird connections that make it like, like the newspaper clipping that was on his arm that that mm-hmm. the late that, that the girl read that was like you know dismembered completely limb from limb face pummeled in whatever yeah what's um, a girl got to do to get her face pummeled yeah like i don't but it 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 seems that there was like like a goal to make it seem that there was like a scheme going on or like some mystery that was about to be unraveled. But then at the end, it's just not really at all. It's just like, I don't know. Like it seems that we're going somewhere and like, Oh, maybe this is going to unravel into some crazy coincidence. I got a, I got a wild theory about this movie. There's theories. I mean, like, I mean, I I don't know if there's theories. I have a theory. Okay. Um, I think that, the newspaper clipping happened to him and this is his hell. Like this is literally his purgatory. This oh, is what happens after he dies. Um, he works this never ending same thing every day. Word processor job goes home at night. Like, and then this series of events just keeps happening to him and it's never ending. That's my, like, I think he got his fault because it's clear um, that, Something that I love about this movie is that he's not a good guy. You know, he's not like a terrible person, but he's not a particularly good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, when his coworkers he's talking polite. to him about what he wants to go on to do and he's just looking around the office and then he's about to finish. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to go not, uh, you know, and 
That poor he, little he, dude there too. Man, oh, dude, he's like, I want to open a publishing company for people that can't get their word out. You know, there's still yep. there's smart people all, all around the world. I just want them to have a voice. Like this dude just pouring his heart out, like yeah. just being. And like, he's oh, like, yeah, man, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna leave. And like, what a weird when he leaves work. Um, like it seems that he left very abruptly, like right after that conversation. With that, or not really a conversation, very one one sided conversation, mm. and then but the doors are already closing, like on his way out. So yeah, yeah like, I take I that know, as it, uh, there's something like something's going on. Like right. it's not a normal world. Like right. I was thinking that he might have just died in the taxi ride oh. on the way over to the girl's house because that oh my god that taxi driver is just un- and what the fuck? Why is the twenty dollar bill in the paper mache statue thing? eventually right you know like there's little things like that that like don't make any sense at all but that would happen in a dream or in a hellscape i like i like this idea of that this is his hell i really like that because i mean god damn this is one no this is a terrible night. fucking night yeah. um well and like it, it, they do a lot to make sure you know like you feel bad for the guy yeah. but he makes the wrong choice at almost every turn you know what I'm saying? And he does try to appease people at several points. But even when he does, immediately after he appeases them and gets out of the situation, he flips on them the moment they re- like when she opens the door and he's like, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of my face. You know, and like he uh, he's like, yeah. I just told you, you know. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah. I think like this purgatory is almost giving him a chance. To do the right thing. Uh-oh. And. And to just be there for Marcy instead of leaving Marcy and walking out at the beginning of the night. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he eventually comes back and does steal back that $20 bill. And, you know, like, uh, all these things, they just keep happening and happening. And while you feel bad for the guy, there's a lot of blame to go on him for the night mm-hmm. going the way that it did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's not. He's polite in what he's doing, but he's definitely mm-hmm. like it's it's a facade for what he's actually. It's very doing. insincere. Yeah, it's yeah like, he's yeah like um, the whenever he uses the restroom in the diner or whatever. Yeah. he's like yeah, I'll, you know, I'm just I'm gonna go put a meter, yeah, a quarter in my meter or whatever parking meter. I'll be right back. Yeah, I want a I'll burger, a medium rare, burger. and a coffee. Yeah. yeah, and then like eventually he comes back around, and the dude's like, "Here you fucking go, dude. Here you go, man." Cold ass burger that you have me made you, and a cold ass coffee. I'm assuming. Yeah, you motherfucker. Or it's fresh and warm, and that's just like that's just part it's, of. It's all. It's also a fuck you to him. You know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I um. What? Okay. I think it was in the diner, but it's whenever he, he's sitting there with Marcy, and. Um, they're having coffee. Yeah, yeah, it's after they have their first conversation in the bedroom. They're like, gotcha. ah, do you want to get some air? Let's go get some coffee. They go get coffee. And then, um, he's like, hey, can we, can we get the check, please? And then there's this dude. I don't know. Well, I don't know if he works there. Maybe he's just the boss. I, but he was, like, sitting at the bar. And he's like, ah, it's on the house. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's, yeah, things are different around here. It's, it's after hours. You know, yeah. he says the is how the movie but then as they're walking out you know she marcy blows him a kiss and he does this like really weird like 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 he, he catches grabs, it really dramatically know. yeah yes it was the most 
it, like out of it just moments like that that actually happen a lot there's there's that one there's the the guy at the first diner that him and marcy meet at yeah at the, the dancer guy the dancer you can i have your pen you, you know does a little twirl and hands yeah. it to him you know there's he just looks at him like okay yeah like what the fuck like and i don't know there's just certain things like the toilet in the dude's apartment why why's it got to overflow why is it blue it, you know, there's so many questions, and then he tries to close the the lid, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, like I, don't, you know, if if that's me, I'm just I'm dipping instantly. Like I don't know if that starts yeah. hap- like if that starts happening, I'm just dipping instantly. But yeah, I thought it was sorry. Yeah, like his burglar system was literally like a button, and then the key was hanging on like this metal, like bar that came out of it. Like it was mm-hmm. this simplest thing ever, and like there's a. I don't know. I used to try like to lucid dream back in the day. I was like obsessed with like high school and middle school, and like one telltale that you're like in a dream, or like one very like hard sign that you're in a dream is that technology just does not work the way that it should. Um, right. And that like if you try to call someone, like you're not going to get an actual phone call, or like that your phone is just going to look weird or something like that, and like. Even every time it comes up here, like even when he tries to make a phone call, like you know five eight four zero, you oh know, my like god, the, yeah, the girl like annoying him, or like he calls nine one one, and they're just like, they either just don't believe him because it's like so crazy, or they're like, ah, it's New York, we got like crazy yeah. shit to worry about, you know, or whatever. Um, when he watches a dude get murdered, and he goes, "I'll probably be blamed for that." Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, that. Just in the middle of all this, chaos. that might be my line. Yeah, I'm, I'm between that and something else, but that's pretty. That's pretty top I mean, two for me. It was pretty good. I I think it was what I put initially. Right when I when I heard it, I put it down yeah. as my line. Um, and then one, I think it came later. I think, um, is the one I I'm I'm ended up going with. Um, but it has to do with the uh, the plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, what? The hell? There's another connection. Freaking the, the ice cream girl has this paperweight. You know? yep, yep. Right? Or is it Beehive Girl? Maybe it's Beehive Girl. Beehive Girl has the paperweight. And here's yeah. the thing, too, is that they managed to make this block of, like, because this, uh, this is not a big setting. He doesn't go far. He never actually makes it out of, okay. like, this several block radius. She is a local artist. She lives on that block. She probably sells straight out of there, as we as is exemplified by Cheech and Chong trying to buy the paper mache thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> Kiki Bridges is yeah. a local artist. What the hell, dude? Like, I don't know, but it was it was after he he finds the burn cream, or mm. whatever. And he's starting to get freaked out. And he's like, how about that joint? You know, so they, they start smoking. And he gets pissed. You know, he's like, what the fuck even is this? You know, like, mm-hmm. this this isn't this isn't weed, whatever. And, like, they're, they're just getting mad. But then they, like, kind of play fight a little bit, it seems like, you know? Yeah, like, she's she's trying to make it lighter than it is. And he's yeah. like, I'm fucking I pissed. pissed. I thought yeah, I was he, coming over to have yeah. sex. And this yeah. night has not gone the way I thought. Yeah. And he says, I said I want to see a 
plaster of Paris bagel and ice and wow, it's th- that's a mouthful to say. Yeah, a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up, he says. Now yeah. cough it up, and then yeah. he says, you know, do you want them right now? She's like, he's like, yeah, I want it right now. He says, then get them because as we're sitting here chatting, there are important papers flying rampant around my apartment because I don't have anything to hold them down with. <laughs> like, at that moment, I'm like, okay. Like, like I was questioning. I'm like, is this reality? Is this dude really going through this? You know, like, is this a real night? And I'm like, no. At this point, no. That's it's either that's not weed, and that is some drug that I don't I don't know oh, what yeah. mind altering effects that were going on there. Well, um, there's a lot of stuff quick. here. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't get on my first watch that like kind of crystallizes on my second watch. When he's telling the story to Kiki as he's rubbing her shoulders, yeah, and he's like. Uh, I got my mm-hmm. tonsils removed and some, like this place was full. So they had to take me to the burn ward. They told mm-hmm. me to put a blindfold over my eyes. And if the blindfold came off, I would see. And, you know, and he was like, and then I did. And you know what I saw? And he never gets to finish it. Mm-hmm. So clearly yeah. whatever he saw that day really stuck with him because yeah. he has a real tough time with burns and getting mm-hmm. attended to when he has the scratch on his arm later on and like everything that happens in relation mm-hmm. to a scar or a scratch and she's the way the kiki's like mm-hmm. he's like you have a nice body and she's like no scars or anything and he's like I uh see. It's, yeah. i guess not yeah i've never i wouldn't even really think about that and then later on he sees the scars on marcy's thigh and then later he checks and they're not there it's just a skull tattoo what the f- it was it was part of right wasn't it just or was it was there like actual scars there as well as the skull tattoo or was it like just partially it was on the other it was on her other leg it was on her right hip uh, instead of like the inner left thigh that's why he lifts the dress or the the blanket all the way up to see he wants to and then it's not there okay because i remember like because i thought i'm like oh shit i see scars like that that look i don't Mm -hmm. know looks something obviously it was purposeful for sure yeah but but then whenever it was like there was like the keychain the skull on the keychain that the dude okay and then it's the skull tattoo and it has like a red hat at the top of the tattoo Mm -hmm. and like i thought the skirt was just like barely like covering partially of the tattoo and like he saw the red and then like I thought, like, for a second, like, wait a minute, were there scars, actually? Or was it just the tattoo that made him think that there was something bad going on? Well, because he there? sees the scars before he sees the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if, whenever he does see it for the first time, if it's actually, like, for the viewer, if we see it as well. Like, if there are, like, clearly scars there or not. Um, yeah, not in that spot. We only see, I think we only see her right hip. And it's it looks like claw marks. It doesn't even look like burns. That's right. You know? Yeah, there it was definitely like, something. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like no it's, way it, it was just the tattoo. Yeah. And then it's not there later, which I think further you know, yeah. aids the idea that this is either a nightmare or it is a or it is a hellscape. Or it's just a really dark comedy where this dude's getting fucked over at every turn and it's like this poor fucking guy. Um Regardless, what a fucking night to have, man. I would, I'd take a leap, man. Like, off the highest building I could find. That's, I mean, if it's to avoid getting attacked by an ice cream mob, 
What's is it even? She just has an ice cream truck. Yeah, it's just like the neighborhood. That's her watch. job. Yeah, it's her. I mean, she uh, she delivers ice cream. Uh huh. She's like she's an ice also... cream truck driver. Oh, okay. I just like it's just like the central hub or like a yeah. I don't think this is this... like a. I don't think it's a formal neighborhood watch. They just they were after this dude, this person who's robbing everybody. And they were like, well, we're all here. We all want to find this guy. Let's fucking do this thing. You know, I don't think it's like a established crew or anything. I think that the the community just really banded together to destroy Paul. Um, Fair. Because they're. Yeah, what the heck? And like, because at first I thought like, OK, he's gone. And um, whenever they switch the, him and the bartender switch keys, mm. I thought that his apartment was going to get robbed. Like they like the, it was a whole con on him, like kind of get right. him out for the night, um, no money, whatever. I don't know. Um, can't get back home, and so do this thing. Switch his keys. We go rob his place, and then because we know he'll be gone, whatever. Right, right. Um, and then I'm like, maybe that's what the burglar alarm is. They know when it's on, so they know when he's heading back or right. something. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, thinking, dude, I'm the... thinking. Like, I, I was thinking so hard. I don't know. Like, during this movie. And then I'm like, you know what? I just got to let it happen. Like, just let it happen. I just got to Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And yeah. there's no way to guess what the hell was going to happen next. I mean, it's just. The fact that the dude gets a relatively happy ending where he just like, you know, I mean, he lives. Mm-hmm. And he gets dropped back off at work. By the way, last person to leave work, first person to show back up. Also, is, um, is there something going on with that last shot? Like, he's there in his desk, the first go around. And the next time he gets back to his desk, he's gone. He's just not even there. And then at the very end, I don't know if it's just what I watched it on, but like, there's a cut. Oh yeah, there's a cut. Like at the very end, and then like, mm-hmm. like a skip. Like it kind of skips a little bit. Yeah. I think. And like. So that, I mean, like, the credits, the credit shot is fucking cool too. By the way, that whole way I think around. That's what, the that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, no, about. and I'm, I'm just commenting yeah. on how cool it was that they. Yeah, because he was Warner there the first time. He was there mm-hmm. in his desk, and you saw him. And, and at the end, we've moved. circled back around to his desk. That's what yeah, happens. There? He's not there. I think you can even see hello. Um, hello, Paul. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I think you can see hello, Paul, on the computer as it ah. like, kind of passes by one more time. And then it goes into that, like, one little hallway where it does that cut, and then you see that, like, black coat, trench coat dude walk out, and then that's it. Like, it's a really weird cut at the end. Like, was it to, to, like, focus on that black trench coat dude, or was it, like, just to... I I guess I didn't really consider that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure. Because, like, that's pretty per- – unless they just literally lost that part of the film. Or yeah, like, like, literally lost that part of the film or you know? this took multiple takes and this is where the first one fucked up yeah. or something, you know? like Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's a weird – because, like, you see, like, a lady walking and then it, like it, – it it's kind of lined up. Like, it's the same part of the office. Yeah, no, yeah. Like it, I remember the cut. Line. Yeah, like, because it but stood I out to like, me, too. I feel like you would still see that lady that was walking that one direction or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, it is a weird um, – like it's abrupt. Something, something definitely was going on, and I, I didn't know because 
I think the hellscape, that makes way more sense. Because I was trying to think of it, of it as, like, we were talking about how, you know, I don't know on what, but we were talking about how, like, people just have dreams every night. Like, we all have this collective trip. I think it was off mic. I think we were just talking yeah. in between, before something. Yeah, it's like, like, every everyone goes to bed, and everyone doesn't have, you know, a, a, a memorable dream every night. But you're dreaming every, right. if you're asleep, if you're in a deep sleep. And we all trip balls at night all together. And then we all just get up and go to work and act like our lives are perfectly normal. And I was like, maybe is that what this is, you know, where it's trying to get? Is that like this right. dude had just had either the most fucked up night and he has to go to work and then everyone's like, yeah, well, you know, like you just you have no idea what could have happened to someone in the span of one night. Like maybe that's what like everyone's life is so complicated. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you, you never know what someone's going through sort of thing. Exact, yeah. And I'm like. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, is that is that what what it's trying to get at? Or like, I, is I, I think the loop is significant. It's starting with him leaving work and it ending him with him showing back up to work. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that strictly means that he, you know, like uh, I don't think it's saying anything about. I mean, I think there is something to be said about the way that it treats the workplace. You know, as a place that this guy, especially the corporate like just cog in a machine sort of workplace where he has no interest in being there nobody else does dude if i got dropped off even if i got dropped off right at work the next day right there i would i'm going home no shot i'm going to work that day i mean like maybe he needs money i don't know maybe that 20 dollars was all he had Um, it was but at least maybe that's all he took out for the night you know, just doesn't want to carry all the cash. Right. That's fair. Has. Um, but what, like, yeah, that, the, the $20 showing back up is weird. The whole Cheech and Chong paper, like, just yep. like, so they actually bought it from Kiki. Yeah. Yes. So why? Steal another one later on in the night? No. Why were they so scared? Whenever Paul was just like, hey, like, whenever they were just putting it in the back, like, if they bought it, you know, I don't know. Like, did they think they were about to get robbed or something? Yeah, and like, they, they know there's, and, and that's the other thing is that they never really confirm whether or not these yeah. two are the ones who do the burglaries. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure they do because they break into June's place at okay. the end. Um, okay. Yeah. So, like, they, I think they were just afraid that this dude was like, like. they clearly didn't run into anyone else that night. It was like, Hey, Hey, stop that. Give me your shit. You know, like, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think of who's the ones actually doing the robberies. The whole time. Pretty sure it's it's them. It's definitely them. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) fucking Cheech and Chong, man. That's fucking outstanding. Wow. And like, whenever he first shows up in like Kiki's apart, like, apartment and she's like hey like you want to work on this for a little bit yeah like you're just like what like like I, everything was just so you want a massage and strange yeah like man doing this all day like shoulders sure gets sore and then when like, she's tied up later it's like a it's a sex thing it's mm-hmm. it's not that yeah. she's oh yeah but how man, she what are these the guys sailors how she throw the keys out the window bro she was tied to the freaking post you know she she look out the window and Threw the keys down to him. Oh, yeah, she was tied to the pole. Or whatever, I think. But, damn. Yeah, Kiki. 
Kiki's a a woman, man. Uh, she she's into the quite the woman. Industry. Yeah. Club Berlin seemed like a the place to be on the weekends. Like, it could be anything. You never know what you're gonna get. You're either gonna get a mohawk party, where you can get a forced mohawk if you don't have one. You know, if you want to get mm-hmm. into the club and just rave your ass off, or you're gonna get a conceptual a- art party. Gave, why was he the only one invited? Who gave him that invitation? Who was that? R- random person out of nowhere just gave him the invitation, left. And then... There's something up. I find really interesting that I can't tell if it's intentional or if it's just something they did. Did you think June looked exactly like an older version of Marcy at all? Uh... I mean, they're played by different actresses. I was curious if it was just the same actress, in, Patricia Arquette, in makeup. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. It's Verna Bloom. But, like, uh, when I saw her, I was like, she looks just like Marcy if she grew old instead of died I tonight. That. I see that. So I was wondering if they were doing something intentional there. And why mm-hmm. Paul felt so comfortable immediately going to her and bearing his soul and being like, hey, I just want to live. You know, I just want to live. I mean, it might just be it was the only quiet time he got. And, it, and like everyone else that he ran into just wanted to kill him. Uh, pretty much, you know, I don't like he hasn't had one normal interaction the entire night. And then he just, ex- I don't know. He expects that, like, this conceptual art that it's just normal. Like, yeah, he, they changed the club from absolute rave to this in one night mm-hmm. or whatever for, for whatever reason. And, like, hours later, she's just the regular there, June, you know, I guess. Like, she, and she lives underneath it. Yeah, she's just always there. Um, why is she paper mache, too? You know? <gasps> oh. Oh. Maybe it is an older version of her, huh? Could be. Well, I guess Kiki was the... Kiki the was the paper mache artist, yeah. Like, uh... Hmm. Maybe just another weird connection. That, I mean, like, like you know, my favorite up. scene in the movie, and we're getting more to a point where I think it... is the is almost the last scene. Whenever he mm-hmm. shows up... Yeah. To the conceptual art party, dances with June, he hides her or she hides him downstairs mm-hmm. and they all show up. It's because that is literally the culmination of literally every single storyline in the movie all converge at that point, mm. which I think would further the idea that this is like a representation of Marcy as an old woman. The paper mache is there because it represents something else that happened with Marcy. You know, it just kind of reminds him of that whole situation. Um and then everyone's still chasing him, and then mm-hmm. he gets stolen by the actual burglars burglars of the night. And it's just uh, <laughs> like every everything kind of crosses over, I feel like, in that moment and kind of ties every little thread together. Um, wow. Yeah. Because everyone's there, the whole mob. Yeah, like... And the fact that June isn't going to let him out. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm in this too. You, I need to. I need to make sure. What they're if not they come back? back? But like, lady, what do you want to do with me, bro? Like, what is this? I don't covers know. his mouth. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm. I'm just. I'm getting up. You know. I am just muscling my way out of that thing. Yeah, it I'm can't like, be that strong. Ugh! I'm just falling forward and just letting it. Hopefully, it's already hard enough to crush like it does when he falls out the back of the right. van. I don't know. Um. But yeah, no that. That was, man, he really, I don't know, I guess you can look at it one way. It is just hell, and it's crazy. Or every woman he just ever interacted with was just absolutely, had something nuts about him. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like that's the thing, is that they seemed more and more normal at first each time. Mm. Like, well, I guess Marcy seemed pretty normal. At the beginning, well, I don't know. She was like, oh, "I'm about to go to my friends." Yeah, she has a whatever bagel, cream and cheese paperweights that she yeah. sells. You know, if you if you're interested, here's her number, and her name's Kiki. But you know, like just a plug, you know, for a friend, good good friend, Marcy good friend. is great friend. Yeah. Um, but like, she's clearly got that... a lot going on emotionally. Yeah. God. Yeah. Like. What's up with the Wizard of Oz thing, too? Like, uh... Something Dorothy. I can't remember what it was. Surrender? Uh, Surrender Dorothy, yeah. Surrender Dorothy just kept saying it over. And again, and again. And And again, again, and again, and over again, and over again, and over again. I just put an end to it! And I was like, oh my, what do you mean by that? Like, what what do you mean by an end? You know, like, uh... Did you kill the dude? Did you... And, like... Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Um... I feel like I'm just... I don't know what order the movie goes in. Like, I'm I'm, like, when I'm remembering back, I feel like I'm... It, like, is all kind of just one jumble... Some nights... Kind of mess. blends together. (laughs) Yeah. I need to remind myself what happened. This dude's becoming Batman if he lives. Like if he lives through this, like this if is not the fucking Joker, bro. Oh my, like, that's true. my yeah, god, maybe more of a Joker moment. Oh my god. Yeah, no. I mean, I. Oh, I guess. Yeah, the the scene that I I picked was the the guy that lets him into his apartment. That's like, oh hey, I've I've never never actually done this with a guy before. You know? Like oh my he's, god. He's yeah. Thinking, thinking I forgot he's, that. He's about to get a hookup or whatever, and then. And then Paul just goes and rambles. He's just like, dude, you wouldn't believe it. So this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, just wanted to go out, maybe have a good night, meet a girl, and then I can't do anything without anyone trying to kill me. You know, he's just like, he's like, I don't know, like it was. I thought it was just really fun, like the the cuts, you know, that he's, yeah. he's just going on and on and on, and the dude's just like, all right, man, like what the like, what the fuck, like yeah. I guess that that's kind of the only normal happened there. Why did oh no, he just saw Beehive it was after he out of the window. fell to his knees and was like, Why me? I'm just a word processor. Why God, what have I done? Yeah. I mean Yeah. Okay. I, I like this I like this idea that this dude's in hell and this is his loop. Like his, because uh, I mean, New York is not New York is a very big city, you know. And I understand mm-hmm. that he wouldn't want to go too far away from home in order to get home. Mm-hmm. 
but like he is consistently around this block. He goes from the same place to the same place to the same place to the same place. You know, like it's he ends up coming back to every location, I think, twice, like or yeah. coming back once, being there twice. You know, like it's uh, hmm. he does it to every single place. There's always an excuse. He goes back to um the bartender's apartment. He goes back to her employee's apartment. He goes back to Marcy's apartment. He goes back, like he he keeps wow. bouncing from place to place and going back and forth, mm-hmm. and it just keeps creating this. He goes back to the diner. I think I think twice, maybe even more than that. I feel like it's only twice though. Um, yeah, he does the restroom and then back for coffee. Mm-hmm. And then he I talks to the bartender again with um, the bartender. Yeah, I think three times he goes to the diner because he's like. The bartender's there, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go get your keys for you. And then he goes outside, and then he yes. meets the mob, and then he has to run through the back. The one who he was literally just telling him, like, they think I'm the burglar. They think I'm stealing stuff. I need you to tell them I'm not. Then he goes out there. The guy, they show him the poster, and they're, and he's like, oh, he's right there. You know, like. Yeah, I didn't understand What that. are you doing, bro? What's your I problem? Know. I know you've had a rough night, too. Um Just leave. What's the worst she can do? So wait, if Cheech and Chong are actually the the thieves, then did Kiki actually get robbed of that statue at the? First and then place? that's the other thing is that like they, I guess they pick and chose what they were gonna steal that fucking night because she did say that she just sold them. Did she say she only said she sold them one of the things? She didn't say she sold him the sculpture and the TV set. Says, yeah, she said I sold him a TV for. Yeah, so they stole the statue. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. What a wow! It's like you you feel like you have to figure out the move. Like you feel like there's something there. Like there there feels like there's a puzzle to figure out. Yeah, a greater a greater meaning that we have. I don't think there is. No, no, there is. Yeah, I think it is. It is just. Because, like, yeah, the $20 bill, there's no explanation. Like, the, there's simply no explanation for that one. Like, why um, June also paper mache's? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't... What the fuck? Like, what? Yeah, I... I the only way it makes the most sense to me is that it's it's either just a hell purgatory or just... Well, that's the thing, too, is that it hardly matters, because even if it's not hell, it might as well be. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy just had a hellish night if it's not actually literally hell, you know? Um, There's a gorgeous shot. There's a gorgeous shot. I think it's him running out of Club Berlin. I can't remember for sure. But it's just, like, the entire shit is moving, and he's just kind of running in the middle of the screen. Do you know the story behind this shot? Oh, no. I have no idea. Oh, okay. There's a, uh, the set they were on wasn't long enough. So he's literally running in a circle and everything you're seeing is just them spinning around as he runs in a circle around them, which kind of emphasizes the sort of like the loop he's just running in, you know, like he, he he doesn't pass all the same stuff, but he runs in a big ass circle. So you can't really see what's behind him. Um, man. Oh, yeah, the freaking score. Or like that, like... Dude. Like... I don't know how to explain it. Like the... Kind of eerie. 
like uh kind of oh, like it's, clockwork it's, orange-esque yeah um, it's very uh herman it's a uh the the composer for alfred hitchcock which is kind of the inspiration for this whole movie is alfred hitchcock's alfred hitchcock sort of style and his mm-hmm. close collaborator i think it was i can't remember the guy's first name but i know his last name was herman uh herman did the scores for hitchcock movies and they had this sort of synthy uh ominous uh like something bad's about to happen something mm-hmm. bad j- did just happen you're just supposed to be uncomfortable um yeah and so like that's a major influence on this movie definitely it's like because all the other music is like mozart or mm-hmm. yeah like actually known music yeah. but then this is like it's uncomfortable like it is yeah. like eerie it is weird like yeah i don't know i i, I like it though like it was it was i don't know like it just added a whole different feeling to it like like i don't know just added to this mystery of what the heck's going on um, isn't it i mean just like take a step back here isn't it even weirder that this is a martin scorsese movie i mean doesn't it feel I, very very different from what you'd expect from him like it's just that's why i was like am i genuinely watching the wrong movie i'm like is there right. another after hours movie that i'm i'm, I'm watching and i'm like directed by martin scorsese i'm like okay i'm like yeah sure yeah, this is it this this is the right one. I had I had to do a couple checks uh during during the watch just to make sure, but no, yeah. He, I mean, I guess I haven't seen a lot of his filmography, but of what I have seen, like Yeah, this is I mean, this is I mean, especially of the 6 we've selected here. And even, let's think back to the 4 we've already covered beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, Taxi Driver Oddly enough, might be this movie's best comparison. Um, yeah. We've covered The King of Comedy. We've covered Goodfellas. We've covered The Departed. Uh, we've covered Wolf of Wall Street. We're going to cover Gangs of New York and Casino and Shutter Island and The Irishman. And maybe the only one, like, maybe Taxi Driver After Hours and weirdly enough, like, Shutter Island kind of feels like it might mm-hmm. fit into that as well. But beyond that, this is even this takes that even further than either Shutter Island or Taxi Driver does. Like it is, yeah. There's still it's like also a... funny. Like the other ones aren't particularly mm-hmm. funny. He has a lot of funny moments in a lot of his other movies. Like Goodfellas is, and Wolf of Wall Street are hysterical movies at a lot of points. Um, yeah. This but is... this one, it's this is a dark comedy. You know. Yeah. It's it's funny, and then they're like. There's parts where it's like you're obviously laughing, and then there's other parts where you're like, I don't know if I should laugh here, but I, I mean, there, I don't like. Just very, it got, it got pretty dark pretty quick. Uh, that's that's for sure. But yeah, I guess after after Marcy's death, it was all pretty just uh, just the situation that the dude finds himself in yeah. is usually the funny the funny um, thing that's going on, but. Man, like this, it was a crazy first, like I can't wait to watch it again and see if I'm more inclined to think that there's some connection or just less, like just be like, yeah, right. no, it's it's just all a hodgepodge, just trying to to make connections where they're not at all. And like, because I mean, 
if it's a dream or hell, that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's just like random yeah, thing. If this I, is just an actual yeah. night this guy had, poor fucking guy, man. I don't care how not very great if he was. A, a real night, night, it's like orchestrated by the city. Right. I like by Soho. This this was the conceptual art show. It started before. Right. Like, it started at the diner where Marcy gave him his number. Like, everyone's in on it. This is a Truman, Truman show. Truman showing his ass. Yeah. yeah. This is some, this can't be real. Like, dude, this poor, and I love, again, it, apparently the original cut of this movie was like 45 minutes longer, which it absolutely doesn't need. You get what? I think the pace is incredibly important, and I think that what it would have maintained that. What else could have happened? Yeah. Like, what else? What? 45 more minutes? Yeah. That's insane. There's actually another fascinating story that i'm in the trivia whenever uh he runs into the bar i think what he just done this is literally shot in new york in manhattan like they might have blocked off a part of uh, like a part mm-hmm. of a street but they didn't do much it's the middle of the night and they kind of were very authentic with that um griffin dunn the actor not the character went into a bar around the corner was like a round of drinks on me everybody got their drinks and he ran out um and then they started filming as he's at the end of running away and he runs into a bar and they film the scene with that sort of urgency like he has to he is trying to get away from somebody you know what i'm saying like uh wow oh my yeah, no, god it's That's bizarre cool. bizarre fucking choices apparently this movie was just incredibly difficult to uh Apparently the production process was not very fun and uh Martin Scorsese felt like him and Paul started to become one with like his like him trying to get this off the ground and get it made mm-hmm. um wow. and as it did it was just kind of it was kind of sped through it was the fastest he's ever shot a movie apparently like it's a uh, man how do you as a pace as an, an actor agency. you read this script and you're like yeah like this calls to me. I don't know. Like I, right. I don't know. Like what? Like I, I feel like you have to be ex- sat down and explained what's all. I don't know. Like this is an insane project to take up. Marty actually told uh, told Griffin Dunn to abstain from sex and sleep as much as he could while filming this movie. As like apparently it's shot mostly in like the order that it is Damn. the events happen. So Griffin Dunn gets naturally and naturally more disheveled and sexually frustrated and, you know, like all this stuff as the filming process goes on. <laughs> and that, that one when he's, when the, um, ice cream truck lady is sa- yeah, saying, Catherine the, O'Hara, num- yeah, fantastic the, actress, the, uh, numbers to fuck him up. And then he, he's like, I'm just, I'm trying to entertain you. And he goes, I want to, you know, he get like yells at her for a little. He's like, oh, I, oh, fuck. He's like, oh, actually, uh, I didn't mean to do that, by the way. Like, I don't know. He's, he's I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. He's I'm like, not I having a good night. Having a hell of a night. Yeah. It's like, it, I mean, I mean, very, I mean, it's very relatable sort of thing. I mean, to a obviously very, very intense and extreme degree for this. But whenever <laughs> yeah. I have a plan, if I just want to get home, you know, like, yeah. especially at that time, you know, like, uh, if, if Ooh. I get annoyed trying to get home and I hit a red light, like after work, I'm like, I just 
just want to be fucking home, man. This is this pissing me off. Like, obviously, I'm not like getting pulled in and somebody killed herself, and now I've got to tend to this, and I'm leaving notes on the wall like dead person this oh way, my dead god. person yeah. this way. Terrible, like, my god. Like, like, uh, oh man, what was I just gonna? Say? Oh yeah, maybe like, um, him not being able to get home is like some maybe like some Wizard of Oz, um. Maybe that's why, like, the Wizard of Oz was, was thrown in there. Okay, surrender Dorothy, he's Dorothy. Like, yeah, um, like, he, well, no, well, well, okay, little yellow dress, who, no, Marcy said the Wizard of Oz thing, because, cause, like, wasn't Beehive or Ice Cream Shuck Lady yeah, wearing, like, a, a, yellow, a yellow, yellow dress? dress yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there's like a rainbow literally in the, like on her wall or something. I don't know. I Yeah, there's just too many weird connections in this movie that like makes me want to think that there's something actually, like something that I could, I don't know, link together. And But I don't think, I think it's, how do you fit like to film this? And like, cause I guess... The end, like, what, what was I taught? You know, what, what can, is there a lesson here? Did I learn anything? I don't know. Um, like maybe just hear some people out, you know, like we need to, we need to get used to, to not just being like, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? You know, maybe like, it's like. Hey, how are you? It's like, actually, you wouldn't fucking believe it, but last night. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe just there's, maybe there's some idea that, like, uh, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to, I know I've talked about how Paul's not a very good dude or anything, but mm-hmm. like, like I've also said, he's not a particularly terrible person. Like, he's just, yeah. he's aggressively normal. He is a very normal person. This is how a lot of people Boring. handle situations, yeah. you know? Um, and his apartment all beige him just yeah. like flipping through the channels all boring like well, there's just are like, they all are all the women like manifestations of like his insecurities you know Ooh. like marcy and him found a lot in common and she kind of represented like the burns and that that sort of trauma that he incurred at that point uh-huh um, you know later on Catherine o'hara's character she's like i drive an ice cream truck it's my job and he's like Mm-hmm. He like nods and shakes his head and he dials the phone. And she goes, "It's not boring." Yeah, and he's yeah, like, he, I he was trying to say think. like I've had a bad night or something like that. She's yeah. like, "Yeah, I drive an ice cream truck." He's like, "She's just completely was, ignoring everything I he's saying." I was trying to tell you I had a bad night. It, I, it's not, I, it's not boring. You know, it's and you you also have to have this sort of license, driver's license, in order to do it. You know, and guess who has it? Me. And then like he says, "G whiz," and she gets offended dude yeah she was like i don't have to deal with this shit anymore you know and i was like what the f-? i'm like what the f-? what just happened i'm like yeah, what? i'm like did i miss something did he say like did he say like i think it was just g whiz like and she's like are you are you mocking me or are you i don't know it's something i forgot or was that i think that was her maybe that was beehive Beehive was, she was excessive. No, I think she was, was the beehive. one who wanted him around. You know, like uh, 
That's he's true. gone for a little bit, and she's like, "I missed you. Did you miss me?" And he's like, "I did. I did miss you. You don't. Um, you wouldn't believe how much I miss you. Miss you. Like, yeah. He's like, I can't let. I can't let this happen to another girl. He's like, yeah. you know. He's like, he's like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, I don't, like. Yeah. So he's is is that like why he's doing? Like he's just like I have to go back. Like I have to. I can't. Well, I think that like uh, he he made the promise. You know, he was like like it appeased her in the moment. It got him where he needed to go. And then he came back. He was like, you would not believe how much I missed you. And then like immediately after he's like, but I do have to go, you know, I have to leave. Um, I just want to sleep, you know? Um, that's true. So it's, it's yeah. fascinating oh, to think right. about that's... like, cause I think all the people he runs into who annoy the shit out of him, he finds like, I think they could represent aspects of things he sees in himself sort of you know like uh sorry i might break up a little bit you're good okay um but then when it came to like kiki and horst and club berlin and all this they kind of represent this thing he'll never be and he can never be as cool as and he he you know like it's something he almost wishes he could be like but is like i'm not that guy I'm, i'll never be that guy sort of i don't know it's just weird and then okay. when he is accepted in a club berlin nobody else is like him nobody else is invited nobody else is there you're the only person like you and it's kind of in a bad way you know like you can tell he doesn't want like it's just everything's getting worse you know so like i don't i don't know i just uh there's there's something here, you know. There, there's there's definitely something there as far as uh, a deeper meaning behind it all. Because I mean, Marty uh, he likes to have fun, but uh, he's not one to go yeah. without meaning. And like, what a rebound movie! Because apparently he he tried to make his like passion passion what's that, with uh, Willem Dafoe like a religious movie. Right? Yeah, the last uh, the, the last temptation canceled. of Christ. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really heard a lot about that, but like it never got like out or like it never got published or like it did. And then people just like hated it. Well, or... it was uh they made this movie in amidst the production struggles of that movie. Um, Yeah. The last oh. temptation of Christ. This was made. Uh, This was his. He actually had two movies before the last temptation of Christ. Hmm. Um, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I heard I don't know. So this is before. Yeah, he made, made this during... and the color of money before uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, and this is his first one after the King of Comedy. Okay. Yeah, I mean this. You kind of combine King of Comedy in this movie, and you kind of get Joker. I mean, that's like... another. That's another one that I think could fit in that Taxi Driver, like Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, and mm-hmm. After Hours all feel like unofficially tied together in my mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. This just, uh, I'd say taxi drivers closer, just a, a crazy night, you know, just an mm. absolutely, I guess it's, it's more than one night for taxi. Yeah. Driver. And taxi driver, but, um, but just things just keep going crazier and crazier and taxi driver. And, and, uh, this is definitely, I don't know. I think this this might be more unhinged. Oh, um, I think probably quite comfortable. I just haven't seen Taxi Driver in a little bit. Um, I mean, it's definitely 
everything happening around the character is much more unhinged. The character himself is not quite as unhinged. You know, that's yeah, that's fair. Travis Bickle, he's already he's getting into the club. He's got the mohawk. Yeah, um, he yes, has, he, he would make has, it in the club. Berlin. He has the mohawk. Um, willing. I don't know if you saw that. him, but Marty was uh in Club Berlin on Mohawk night. Um, no. he was up above in the rafters. He was the one shining a light on no. everybody. There what they did focus on a guy that was yeah the, that was that Marty was, that was no that was Martin Scorsese way yeah. dude no way I have to see that now oh my god the yeah, first time they go to the club pointing. like the is that the yeah the first the, time with the the, the Mohawk night yeah okay yeah it's after okay yeah he goes okay here it is Club Berlin that's right yeah the bouncer oh my god that guy he was funny man. Uh... Oh my god, that is him. Look at him up there. <laughs> he does make he and he always he does make a lot of cameos in his uh in his movies in some in some capacity. You know, uh he was in Taxi Driver, he appeared in The King of Comedy. Um Oh my gosh. It's crazy how oh, I guess yeah, that is eighty five. It's just I just I know him as the white haired yeah, the ninety-year-old man. Hair. Yeah, just not eighty-year-old man. Is he real? Oh, I was gonna say, is he really ninety? Yeah, no, it's actually kind of insane oh, yeah, that Martin okay. Scorsese wow. was born November seventeenth, nineteen forty-two. Dude was born during World War Two. Would you believe me if I told you that Harrison Ford is four months older? Oh my god. Harrison Ford looks good. Harrison Ford is an incredible looking 80 year old man. I mean, that's, holy that's shit. actually incredible. Yeah. I mean, Scorsese doesn't look too bad. Oh no, not by any means. Yeah. Um, like, he, he looks much more obviously 80. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, yeah. I think he looks his age and that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Um, Harrison Ford is just an impressive looking 80 year old. Hmm. Like I mean, I'd throw, I'd still throw sixty-five, seventy at him, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, eighty. It's, it's eighty. That's pushing you know? it. You know, know. that's that's yeah. that's up there. Um, man, yeah, man. It's Marty. He's and that's, that's what's so heartbreaking about like the interviews he's been doing lately too. Like I don't know if you saw the stuff from the GQ oh. article recently that everyone is turning into a discussion about comic book movies again. Um. Mm. But he gets, he's been getting so honest about how frightening it is that he doesn't have many stories left in him and that he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm creatively, I don't have much time left. You know, like uh, I only have so much time left to create. And it's so fucking sad every time he talks about it. I'm like, ha, he's being so bare bones, genuinely honest with people. And then they're like, uh, why do you hate Marvel movies? What do you think about Spider-Man? Um, Damn. That's a shame. That's dude. A shame. But that, we, that's the shit that's heartbreaking that's about him. That's why I'm so excited for Killers of the Flower Moon and any other stories we have left with him. Just because, I mean, goddamn, thinking about Harrison Ford being four months older than Scorsese. That's not okay. That's not a That's not a day. I mean, like, none, I don't want. I don't want any of these legends to pass or anything but obviously they're going to and that day i dread deeply morgan freeman is 86 
years yeah. old. Yeah. Oh my god. Dude. Samuel L. 74. That one always blows my mind. He's an incredible looking 74. Holy shit, he looks so good for 74. Yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, what is, what is, who's who's our guy here? Griffin Dune. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. I think I've actually pretty- seen him, uh, I've seen him pretty recently hmm. in uh, a show my dad was watching. A French uh, Dispatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a tiny, tiny role in French he Dispatch. Doesn't even speak. Uh, here, I can say, I have, I actually saved the photo a couple weeks ago so that I could show it um, oh, to what? you because... I, like, I saw that and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he's just sitting. He's sitting in the office, the no crying office. Um, <laughs> oh, I just went through and deleted a bunch of photos the other night. Shit. Okay, so it's gone. But um, oh, he's sitting like. in the office next to Owen Wilson and Tilda Swinton when they're when they're hearing about his death. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, he was in Search wow. Party. That's what my dad was watching recently, a comedy huh. show. Um. Okay. No, yeah, well, not I like. I think he's pretty clearly getting the character and performance. Yeah, that's uh, uh-huh. something Scorsese's got going for him is that like you have you have a main character, mm-hmm. and you know they're going to be written and directed very well. So yeah. like, yeah, it, yeah. we're probably going to fall into this a lot. Last week we both picked Robert De Niro as Rupert Friend yeah. or Rupert uh, Rupert what Rupert. Pupkin. Pupkin. I still, Rupert, I'm still going to struggle saying that to the day I Rupert die. Rupert Pupkin. I always want to say Rupert Friend because that's the actor that's in the that was in Obi Wan Kenobi uh, in the new Wes yeah. Anderson movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rupert Pupkin and Rupert Paul Pupkin. Hackett. Yep. Yeah. Rupert Pupkin and Paul Hackett. They've been uh, they've taken the cake in both the first two, and it'll be Casino will get a little harder. I think you got we got a few options around uh, for okay. for that one. Um, it's even seeming like uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this one. I've heard I've heard things about Casino. Um, yeah. As far it'll be as, a, it'll like, be a I, shift going from you know this hour and thirty five minute event here to two three hour movies in a row. Yeah. In Casino and Gangs of New York next week. That's all right. This after hours. I I don't know. In King Comedy, like I knew zero about them going into this um whatsoever and i i don't know i'm i'm enjoying them very much so far and uh yeah i'm ready for some more de niro give me some joe pesci uh yeah this one has an underrated cast i think like uh one that people just kept popping up and i was like oh my god that fucking person oh my god that fucking person like you start the movie with uh patricia arquette she's in there straight off the rip and then later on you meet john hurd um, who is the, you'd probably know him from the dad in Home Alone. Oh. And then you okay. get Catherine O'Hara, who would later go on to be the mom in Home Alone. Um. What? Yeah, yeah, the, the one on who here? keeps interrupting him with the numbers. That's the mom from Home Alone. Um, and the bartender wow. is the dad from Home Alone. So, uh, that's fun. So they got together. After his girlfriend died, mm-hmm. he had to get someone. Yeah, totally. Yep. Tight knit community. They moved universe. to Chicago, and that's that. Kevin, you know yep. that's 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 it from there. That's all she wrote. Yep. Um, but no, I wow. love Catherine O'Hara. So like, uh, her popping up the first time I watched this, I was like, 
she I, I was just like Catherine O'Hara fuck yeah. like the the fact that all these people were in a Scorsese movie oh it's Roseanne Arquette not Patricia Arquette my bad um mm. but uh, Cheech and Chong um <laughs> yeah the fact that we see uh fucking Terry Gar who I only know from friends uh but that's a that's a random little connection that I could make in my head Close Encounters of the Third Kind. She's in that. I've heard about that movie. I've heard it. It might be up my alley. Yeah, it's Steven heard. Spielberg there. Close oh, Encounters of the Third Kind. Ooh, UFO. Yeah, Alien. Ooh, I could be down with that. I, I like me some Spielberg. Richard Dreyfus. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, sidetrack. Um, oh, that's, that's kind of what this... Uh, movie just sort of felt like though it just sort of felt like a side mission he just was just going on side quests but they're all <laughs> nightmares like it's all horrible interactions that have to happen like i, I don't know i love I, I i was almost i think the my scene that i will go with is like his rant that he just gives to that one guy in the apartment but like whenever yeah. they were like uh just first whenever marcy and paul met in the diner at the very beginning like um, and she, she just goes, um, I love that book. And he just keeps reading for like a solid, yeah. like five, ten seconds. I don't know. It's probably not that long, but like, it was like awkward, like an awkward enough time. And she goes, Oh yeah, you know, I, I love that book. Like she repeats it as he looks up and he, he goes, Oh, thanks. Kind of pauses again for a little bit, but then starts to speak. And I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, dude. Like it was it is just so awkward the whole time, but so like he's also a little bit. I mean, like, you know, if you're you can be passionate about books about without seeming pretentious, but uh, he seems pretentious. You know, like he he seems a little pretentious um, yeah. about the book he's reading. I gotta finish my paragraph that I'm on. Actually, you know, I can't. I don't. I, can't uh, just... I don't reread books often, but this. Uh, this is <laughs> oh a yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, do really, oh, you like love more it? Than oh, me too. This I reread this one all the time. Oh, if yeah. you read it, if, if you like it. I actually, it's one of my favorites. It's actually, um, I know the guy. This one is it. my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I wrote this book, actually. I'm the author. <laughs> I'm Paul Hackett. How are, how are you? <laughs> um, no, nah, man, it's, uh, I, I, I am going with the, the scene at the, at Club Berlin at the end, whenever he goes back and meets June. I think that's, uh, that's the one for me. But uh, what's your favorite shot of the movie? I'm curious about that. A couple. There was one. Like I said, I, I like just the gold doors whenever he's leaving work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just nice grand shot. Kind of kind of that uh, cool wide shot. Then also there was uh, it was it was raining and he's just running. Um, he's just running through the. I think he's just trying to get to the subway or something. It's before he knows it's a dollar fifty. Um, and he's yeah. just kind of running, running through the street, and it's raining. It's a dollar fifty after midnight. Did you know that? Yes, yeah. I know that. Uh, you know, like a... cents. He's like, "Come on, just let me through." He's like, "I could, I could lose my job, man. You know, I, I can't do that." He's like, "Fine, whatever." He jumps over that he's big like, ass security guard. Who's gonna know? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "I don't know." I get drunk at a party. I tell someone. Yeah, he's like, yeah, not even. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, what? You're gonna snitch on yourself, dude? I let this, I this guy through. For fifty three cents, I've been keeping this. I've been I, keeping this in for too long, and I'm drunk tonight, so I'm just gonna tell you, sir. I wow. let a guy through for fifty cents short one night. 
And then he tries to get a dollar fifty from the bartender. Too bad he can't open the cash register. Just homie goes ape shit on that. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude just started kicking that shit. Like I was like, oh my god, like, oh, and, and like yeah. And Paul was like, oh, it's okay. It's it's actually okay. Like I I no, don't need the fine. money. I like, don't need it. He's I'm like, nah, fine. but what now if I get a rush? I want to open this fucking drawer, you know? And, like, that's relatable, you know, All being right. like. Fair enough. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I guess true. That is fair, you know. You, uh, would have to. I don't know. But there's every bar. No, it is the same bar every time. Yeah, because there's just that one couple, like, dancing the first time. And then Beehive as the worker. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, it's like that gay couple that's just sitting yep. there, you know. Yep. And then because he gets the phone call, yeah. and then he's like, you know, what can you say? Yeah, you know, the... <laughs> what can you say? It's not your fault. Like he literally is like, it's not your fault. Making the bartender just feeling way more like shit too, you know. It's like, yeah, what what can you say? At least you're you weren't the reason that your girlfriend killed herself. You know, it's like, oh my god, like, dang, like what a. Well, and the fact that right before he receives that phone call, he goes down there to complain about Beehive, and he's like, uh, "I don't know, she is, uh, she, she wants, she wants me around." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, that'll happen. Uh, just leave her. What's she gonna do? Kill herself?" Um, yeah. and then he gets the phone call that his girlfriend killed herself, and you're like, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, dude, what a fucking movie, man. Wait a minute. Did the police call him? Because Paul went back to the apartment. Like, wouldn't they have taken it? Who called the bartender? I'm assuming the... It was far after he'd returned to the apartment. Um, oh, really? And before he oh, does yeah, the third he does time. know she's dead. That's right. Yeah. And then when he goes back, he doesn't go in that room, right? He's just in the living room. He just takes a $20 yeah. bill. And yeah. It dips. Is yeah, that... because he went to Club Berlin to talk to Kiki, couldn't find Kiki or Horst, went back to their place to see if he could find Kiki and Horst, um, couldn't find Kiki and Horst, so he leaves again. Un. Wow. What a plot. What. Like, how do you recommend this movie to someone? Well, I think I would say, like, if you're ever up at 1.30 in the morning and you can't sleep, and you know you're going to be up just hour and a half. You know, you just put this on and then have fun trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Next couple hours. It, what's really weird is that the first time you watch this, and I don't know if it's this way for you, but it kind of was for me. It's a little, it's not scary, but it's a little freaky. You know, like you're. It's no, like that, that theme, like it kind of had me thinking something was going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there were, it was, it's eerie. Like there is this. Yeah, like there's like something lurking around the corner. Something how bad's about to happen empty at all times. The city was too. It's just yeah. creepy as well. Like, um, I don't know. I guess like maybe there's parts Late, in New York, the like middle this of is the 80s, I guess you know. So it's, but I would imagine. I don't know. There's really parts of New York that are this empty ever. Um, maybe Soho. I don't know if Soho is like a more just unpopulated part of New York or something, but uh, huh. Oh, 20,000? 
in Soho, it's actually like not a lot of people for New York. I feel like. Well, that's just one neighborhood. It's a na- yeah. It's not a big like. It's I mean, so if it's a part of New York City, it's not a very big part of New York. You know. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't go far. That taxi took him. Bucket, that whole dude. fucking thing. Oh Whoa, you're going real fast. And he's like sliding around in the back. No rush, man. Stuff. He's like, yeah. no rush, no rush, dude. <laughs> man. And when he takes yeah. his 20 later on and speeds off. Yeah. Um, you, how does it feel? Or like as he's leaving or like, see see how it feels, you know, as he's just yeah. speeding off. Captain hat, you know, or whatever. Dude, like everyone just looked, everyone was a character, like a character. Like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's either hell or a dream. Like, it's just a nightmare. But, yeah, him just, like, disappearing at the end. Like, he does. He does disappear. Like, he goes back to his desk, and he's not there the second time. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe the loop started over, and he'd already gotten up to leave. Because is there anyone else in the office by the end of it, too? Yeah, it seems like the day is starting. Because, like, there's a dude vacuuming. People are, like, getting to their desks, sitting down. Like, they have... They're, like, carrying their briefcases and stuff. Eh, maybe he just went up to... Wa- got up to wash off. Yeah, because it goes back. You see the guy vacuuming. And, like, it purposefully, like, avoids his desk. Like, you don't you don't see it. Until you like, he go all the way around until like you would you see his chair, yeah, and he's he's not there. Like, there's no one in any of like any of the desks that are even around his either. And like you see, but you see everyone else that was there right before. And, well, that's yeah. why I think maybe that last, the very ending, is the restart of the loop, and everyone's already left. And like, there's not a literal entire day he goes through. The day starts. It's the end of the day. He leaves again. This happens again. Okay. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, like, symbolically, like, he was he was wearing, like, a white shirt whenever he first went out. But then Kiki, like, immediately put on a black shirt on him. Oh, like, yeah. to, to, like, you know, let's wash this. And, like, and that's that's what he, like, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I really like this this hellscape sort of explanation of it yeah, i don't it, know man it's weird feels, feels but i right. fucking i i have a great time watching this movie and i i've, I I've watched watch it two it times again. oh yeah i will like yeah, i watched it twice sure. it will certainly not be the last time i watch this movie um yeah. no scorsese starting off well yeah uh, it is starting off very very well i'd say i don't know i i think it, it's a step it's a i liked it better than i, I like it more than i like it more than king of yeah. comedy um, oh I like it more. I like this more than After Hours. Um, that's how delusional my. That's how is. fucking deliriously confused yeah. it makes you. I don't even know how I feel about this movie. Give it. Just, <laughs> let's just ask Google for a random number in between eight and ten and see yeah, what right. it gives. I don't know. Um, it's just that's so yeah, funny. I guess, uh, it's just gonna give. Um, Nine. well, it gave a ten. It's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not going to give any decimals or anything. Uh, ooh, perfect. Now I can, we might actually get a decimal here. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, never mind. I'm, I'm, 
I'm done with that. No, I, I think I can just, I can comfortably say it's above an eight, which is what we gave King of Comedy. Um, I would say so too. Here's a fun little question that we can ask anytime we watch a movie now. Mm-hmm. Of the top 100 you laid out in that top Ooh. 100 series, do you think it would breach that list? Where would it place? Oh, it's placing. That's for sure on my list. King of Comedy probably would place too. Yeah. Mate. I'd say, I'd say that. Probably is placing. Um, if I scroll into the movies, I think it compares to. Yeah. I mean, it's sixties comfortably, maybe fifties. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a weird fucking movie, and like the best possible way, it's it's kinetically put together and just so hyperactive and mm-hmm. urgent and. The feeling you get watching it is just it. It really keeps you like you are You're in trapped, it the entire yeah. time. You can't look away. Yeah, it's like it's impossible to look away. You have to know what happens. I'd next. say that I might be nearing a nine with this one. Um, I think it. Personally. I think it could be. Let's see. If, what other have we given a flat nine to anything? Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's it. It's the only flat nine for enjoyment that we've given. Um. So it'd be around Fantastic Mr. Fox, below Oppenheimer, below Tenet, below Dunkirk, below Asteroid City. What about 875s? What are we looking at there? We're looking at Rushmore. And that's it. Okay, Rushmore was my gut, like how I felt about it comparatively. Um like eight seven five did like uh when you said the nine movies, I'm like, I don't know if uh Fantastic Mr. Fox I'm quite going, Oh, I like this as much mm-hmm. as that. Um but I like it I yeah. like it as much as Rushmore. I could tell you that. Um Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic has a lot more going for it too. I can rewatch it's that. A lot happier. Oh yeah. It's a whole different feeling. But different kind. I don't know. The enjoyment's weird. It's more of just like a curiosity. That's yeah, like a more like a morbid, cool, like a, a morbid yeah. fascination. Almost mm-hmm. like you're just like I can't wait to see what, the fact that he looks into a window, watches a man get murdered, and that's like a small part of his night. You know Nothing. that. I mean, I'm not going to work for a couple days after that. You know what I'm saying? Like if that's if that's something I witness. I'm probably never okay again. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, keep in mind witnessing after he's running away from a mob trying to kill him because he had mm-hmm. to climb a fire escape. I'll probably get, get blamed for that. Oh my god! I'm I'm yeah. a commit to that. I'm gonna commit to that as my line. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, it was... I'll probably get blamed for that. I literally, went, <laughs> you know, like just a. a a shock of just uh, how you could possibly go through all this in an evening is beyond me, but eight, seven, five feels good. I think I like, I like, I like this that. movie. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. go as far as to say, I love this movie. Like it's a, now that I've watched it a second time, it definitely would have placed on my top 100. Um, like yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. King of comedy is probably the lower. Uh, I'd say it, it, it probably still makes it, but it, it would be on the, the lower ish end, but this is this is middle of the road. Of, middle of the, the middle of, middle of it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um and that leaves us critically, man. I think it's really tightly written. It's obviously very open and very up to your interpretation and 
um, you can turn your mind off and watch it, which I think is actually a benefit of it. But if you're actively thinking about what's happening, it's even more fascinating, which really that really boosts it. In my opinion, I think it's a very visually stimulating movie far more than King of comedy was. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it stood out a lot more on that side of things. I think the score and the soundtrack was really good. I think the performances are a very specific like different kind of angle for Scorsese. Yeah. Like uh dude, it looked like if every girl was um what was the girl from King of Comedy? What was her name? Oh yeah, yeah, um Masha. Masha. It's like if every girl was Masha. Kiki was like the most normal girl in this entire fucking movie and she made Paris uh, what? What's? The, I'm more freaked out by the fucking. This? I'm more freaked out by the screaming statue she she makes, bro. What that's the fuck true. is that thing? At least that's kind of cool, though. No, that's very know. cool. That's like, that's kind of cool. And apparently, it's not that hard. It's just paper mache. You know, she even says it. She's like, yeah, it's not even that hard. You know, I don't know. And she just she just does her thing. She's well, and then chilling. Catherine O'Hara at the end when she's walking through, they're looking for Paul, and he's she's working on him as they look, and she's like. That looks easy. Why are you just going to say that to a random motherfucker who's working hard on it? I think it's because Kiki said it. Like, it's it's like another one of those weird just... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, like, it was out of nowhere. I don't know, when everyone was all loud, and then she quieted him down, he's like, do you sense the pressure here? Or something like that? And I was like... I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, what the... Like, it's just... You think you 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 can know what's coming next? You, you well, the fact that she's like become the captain too. She's like, uh, all right, everybody, move out. You know, like what the fuck? I don't know, man. I love it though. I I don't know what it, but man, it's a Truman Show organized event that we saw. This is right. This is hell, and these are all the demons that are these on are the their demons. Cues. <laughs> you know, they have their cues. They got me. Bad place. Yep. Yeah, Satan's the uh, director, um, or maybe he's just like the the money behind it all. And then, yeah, right. Um, trying to figure out how hell works right now, but that that's definitely what we saw. That's for sure. Um, I don't know how to rate, like, what to compare this to critically, like that. Yeah, like I guess no. I mean, like it just it's just it just kind of stands on its own two feet, and I think that obviously helps it a great deal. You know, I don't think there is an obvious thing to go, oh, well, this is what this... I think I would go as far as to say that it is better than the King of Comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we're probably nearing another 8.5, situation. Probably an 8.75. It might be an 8.75. I think I like that. I think I like across that. The board. It's unique, you know, and unique in a good way. Like, this is... In a very good uh, way. There is not another movie I've ever... Yeah. And, like... The only ones I've watched that I would even begin to compare to it are the King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, and those are not like this, you know. Like it's just a, Mm-mm. yeah, it's no, a, this it's is, a brilliantly this original good. movie. Yeah, like I don't know how you come up. Like maybe this was like they just dreamed and they just wrote right, their fucking wrote dreams down. down for a couple months, and we're like, yeah, let's do that. That's fucking weird. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna pay attention to my dreams a little more now. I don't know. I've been having some whack dreams, and and this, <laughs> I don't 
he's going to help uh, for a little bit. No. But that's all right. Oh, I'll be having uh, some Ahsoka dreams tonight. A little timeline Fuck shift yeah. for you all. Because um, technically this episode comes out. Yeah. Friday the 6th. After the next episode of Ahsoka, the finale will be out mm. um, by that point. So we'll know that Thrawn uh, was Ezra and Ezra was Thrawn the whole time, obviously. Well, of course. Dathomir. Magic. Naturally. But uh, now nah, I'm, I'm looking at where this, this anyway. falls amongst our movies. You know, it, it, it gets it above Bottle Rocket, above Rushmore, above the Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. above the Life Aquatic, above Isle of Dogs, um, above the Prestige. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this is a... I like that. I do too. Just, above the just, King of Comedy. Yeah, like it's a... Below Barbie, below Lady Bird. Yes, yes. Below Oppenheimer. Yes. Below Tenet. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah you know, enjoyment, is... the enjoyment factor really helped those, those mm. movies too. You know, like critically, we're not, we're not too much harsher on this than those other ones. Uh, yeah. It was all just ranked really kindly in the enjoyment factor. Ooh. And this one's, I mean, like I enjoy the shit out of this movie, but. The audience um, on Rotten Tomatoes enjoys this less than the critics. Actually, which is Ooh. which is interesting. Uh, audience is eighty seven percent, so pretty high up there. Critically, yeah. it's ninety one uh, yeah. up there. Yeah. And then IMDb gives it a seven point six out of ten. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. I think we're uh, I think we're we're a bit kind to it, but we're we're right between. You know, we're right in the middle there. Um, no, this it's not like I think the unique uniqueness gives it a boost. Like it's a legitimate boost that it deserves because, like, I don't know. They, they, this is not even normal for Scorsese, but I, it's not even normal just for Hollywood. Anybody, yeah. Like it's it's not normal for any kind of movie at all. And it worked though. Is the thing oh. it didn't it didn't make the movie worse. It actively made it better. Any means, yeah. Um, it, it actively enhances your enjoyment and the experience at large, but. uh we are. I wonder if the soundtrack is on Spotify. Yeah, I don't man, know if I should listen hours. to it. I feel like it would just make my heart beat faster. Well, if you look up After Hours anything, the first thing that comes up is that fucking oh. Weekend album. Yep. Um, Never mind. Okay. That's going to be hard to find. Um, thank you, The Weekend. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. They have all the symphonies and all that stuff mm. that was played in the movie that was just a playlist made by someone dang i don't know i want that that weird creepy i don't know what kind of instrument that yeah, was but want, yeah bump 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 and then like i don't it's so many weird yeah it was just very dreamlike or just hell man but we're out on the other know. side we are indeed, and I'm doing better than Paul Hackett, I'll tell you that. That's and for sure. uh, that yeah. concludes another episode of our director's spotlight for one Martin Scorsese, who I am just more and more thankful for every day. Love love me some Marty. And uh I'm mm-hmm. I'm loving this project so far. One week down, two to go in anticipation of Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm so very okay. excited because next week the project continues with Casino. On Wednesday, and then we will be joined by my father, Justin Robertson, to talk Gangs of New York. Um, so very excited for that. So we've got a couple Scorsese ne- next week, and the week after we've got Shutter Island and The Irishman. 
Mm-hmm. And man, it's it's we got a we got a fun slate here, and I'm um, I'm so very excited to discuss them. But uh, yeah, with that, if you would head to patreon.com slash bloompopper, you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of comic book reviews, book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. If you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Um, remember to leave a five-star rate and review and download wherever you might be listening. We are continuing. Our winter is blooming at the moment. Next week, I believe, will be Season 5, Episode 7 for Game of Thrones, and I'm uh, looking forward to that. We're getting near the end of Season 5, which is a good culmination of a season. So if you have watched it, important that you have watched it in order to listen to the podcast because it spoilers out the fucking ass for the entire show. So. Um, yeah, just be careful. Tread tread lightly. Um, yeah. Remember to stand in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA as they continue their struggle against the studios. They deserve everything and more they're asking for. We wouldn't be granted performances like Catherine O'Hara and Griffin Dunn and mm-hmm. Rosanna Arquette and all this if, uh, if it wasn't for uh, their hard work. And uh, I believe they deserve every bit they're asking for and more. And uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's only fair. Um, yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I want to live. I just want to live.